Welcome to the second edition of Victory Formation. A little bit different tonight because, or this morning, I already told y'all I woke up late, so it might be night to me. I it's don't still night though. I, I, I don't drink, so I haven't been on a bender, but I was on a football bender. And UCLA, you'll hear here in a bit, put me in a funk last night. But uh, tonight, we got this morning, we've got Philip Dye and Argonne. Scroggins with us, and we're going to do our normal thing. First, I'm going to take you around the world of college football with my two friends here. And then Mr. Philip Dye is going to take us around the world of DFS. Now, the reason Mr. Philip Dye is going to do that is, one, he's more prepared than I am. And, two, he's going to be the permanent host of this show at some point. So we're kind of handing this off. Of course, River City Media is my baby. But I'm sure a bunch of y'all get tired of looking at me. You look at me so much. Isn't these Georgia Bulldogs better to look at it on Sunday morning? <laughs> so let's start on the West Coast with instant reaction. UCLA had been one of the hottest teams in the country. And I told y'all I had a five-play uh, five parlay. Had four of them in the house. Had UCLA on money line. Watched that game. Fresno State's quarterback limps off the field like he's dead, comes back in, throws for 455 yards. Is anybody out West besides Oregon real? The answer to that is no. They are not. Uh, everybody thought they were. The Pac-12 gave us a little glimpse this uh, past couple of weeks of what they hoped they could be, but we've seen it before. Uh, not only UCLA, but Arizona State goes down. Everybody thought they may. <clears throat> USC is just in <clears throat> a mess with the firing of Clay Helton. Uh, they did win big yesterday, but against another Pac-12 team, which is bottom of the pack, Washington State. But I think Oregon's the cream of the crop out there now, and I just don't see how any other team has any way to get even a snip of the playoffs now. Good point, Arden. I mean, good point, Philip. Arden, is BYU the second best team out west besides Oregon? Yes, in my opinion, they are. I think BYU is a very good team, underrated. I, I had them beating Arizona State yesterday. I thought they were the better team. And I think they're the second best team, but I still think Oregon's the best and the only one that has a chance to sniff the playoffs. I, I thought UCLA was a little realer than they were last night. Fresno State, two, I tell you something, Fresno State has two Washington transfers, a quarterback and a wide receiver that's played together forever, and they seem to be locked in. I'd be remiss before we get off the West Coast. I know we won't talk a lot about there, uh, but if you've been following 3R Sports, you know, been a lot of debate about the USC opening. I'd just like to get your opinions. Starting with Arden, who do you see fitting in at USC? And I don't think there's no doubt that's still a top, that minimum eight jobs, probably a top five job. Uh, when you talk about the talent that's in Florida, I always start with probably two of the best quarterbacks in the SEC are from are the California. California's got talent, talent, talent. USC's even got a good roster, and they've been suffering in recruiting. Who, who, who do you put in that seat that's going to bring USC back? 
Who do I put in that seat? That's a good question. I really have been thinking about that. It's definitely a top five job. And, you know, right now, I don't know who the leader is. I've heard things, and I wouldn't mind seeing the enemy, the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs, going out there for his first head coaching job. Interesting. Any thought? Any thought from oh, that's a monster, y'all. That's not that's not a hair of the dog that bit me or anything. <laughs> Bill, what do you think of the rumors going around and the denial by Urban Myers, but also the rumors going around that James Franklin and Luke Fickle are one two for that job? Well, you you're gonna get that from the media anytime there's a big coaching job come open. All the big names are gonna start appearing and popping up, whether they're interested or not. Uh, everybody's going to tell you they're interested. Arden kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I kind of like Eric B. Enemy. Uh, I was going to bring him up. Uh, I do think James Franklin is the one real shot, maybe, out of the three you were talking about. I think Urban, uh, if he leaves Jacksonville, I think he's just done. I don't think he'll go back and coach college anymore. I could be wrong, but I just don't think so. Uh Luke Fickle just doesn't seem like a good fit to me. But, you know, I'm not the one doing the interview process at USC either. Uh, but I, I do think James Franklin could have the the personality and the charisma and, and the L.A. swag to go out there and get that job done. Interesting you mentioned the guy interviewing, and, and, and this will be the last point. Current USC head coach or AD hired Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. So that's what everybody's biting on doing the Tennessee hired Danny White, brings Josh Heupel. Now USC has Cincinnati's OAD. I don't know. Luke Fickle seems like the least LA guy I've ever talked to. Or that's kind of where I was. So I exact, I, That's my point exactly. I just don't see a fit there for him in LA. Now, talent-wise, he's as good as anybody. Uh, but yeah. just the just the fit itself, I just don't see it going on right there. Hitting some of the Midwest games, one thing that caught my eye last night: Michigan State large over Miami, a Miami team that came into the to the year with a bunch of hype that's been basically rolled by Alabama and Michigan State now. Phil, what's your what's your thoughts on that game? Well, I'm going to let Arden take this one first because we talked about this the other night, and he told me how much he liked Michigan State to beat Miami. So let him go. Arden, I'll put it on the tee to you, Arden. I do. Ugly, ugly shirt you got on. Tell us about it. Well, I'll tell you what. I think Michigan State's for real. I think they, got, they can win the Big Ten this year. They may not, but I think they're going to be closer to winning they've been in a while. I think they have one of the – Top coaches. He doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience. He's a great defensive mind in Mel Tucker. And I think you're going to see Michigan State give everybody they play this year everything they want. They're going to beat some teams you wouldn't expect them to. And they could win the Big Ten. Well, Mel Tucker, a little bit of controversy surrounds him. Of course, him and Jeremy Pruitt were 1-2 at Tennessee for that opening goes to Colorado for a year, goes to Michigan State after that year. The one thing he did well 
is get into the portal and find transfers, Philip. He uh, was able to change that program overnight. Yeah, you think the transfer portal is the wave of the future? Uh, it seems to be right now. At least it may not be the way, but it's it's a large uh, cog in the in the wheel right now. It, people are going to the transfer portal over and over and over. More kids are getting into it each and every year. Uh, I think it's, in a way, it's good for football. I've always thought that uh, kids should be able to transfer if coaches could. Because coaches will leave a job and the kid goes to a school because of a coach, but then the kid's stuck there. Uh, I think this gives them a way out. And I think that it's a place where you can go find some major, major talent. Uh, people like Justin Fields, you know, a couple of years ago, really one of the biggest names to go through the transfer portal. Leaves Georgia, heads Ohio State, and we saw what happened there. He's now in the NFL. There's a lot of kids that are like that. Maybe not that much talent-wise, but they can get through that transfer portal. The The coaches will find them if they have talent. They can find them in high school. They can sure find them in that portal. Let me go ahead and throw this out to you. Kenneth Walker, a overlooked kid in the state of Tennessee. No offers from the SEC. One or two offers in the ACC. Maybe an offer from Memphis, I don't remember his exact re recruiting profile. Signs with Wake Forest, has a good career over there, wants a bigger fish, hits the portal, and now sets to me as in the house with, uh, I mean, he's my Heisman favorite right now, whether he wins it or not. Three games. 493 yards, or three games, 493 yards, five touchdowns. He's on a pace to rush for 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns in the Big Ten and against some better competition than some schools have played to this point. Uh, I mean, he did, uh, you know, against Northwestern, 23 carries, 264. Youngstown State, they played him very little, seven for 57. And then last night, 27 for 172. And that was a kid that had no recruiting profile that none of us, none of the big boys were out chasing him four years ago. So it's good to see. Kid I saw actually play. The other game in the Midwest I'd like to talk about, Cincinnati and Indiana. I watched some of this game. I think the score is a little bit deceiving, 38-24. I thought that was a good football game. I thought Indiana was in that game at times. Did you get to see any of the game, Phil? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I was flipping back and forth. Obviously, there were several games on at the time. <clears throat> Indiana gave them that score. You're right. It's not indicative. Uh, Indiana was actually ahead for a lot of that game. I believe at one point it was 24-23. Uh, and then uh, Cincinnati kind of pulls away. But at the end, but Indiana seemed to play with them pretty well. But I do think Cincinnati kind of established themselves yesterday as that team to be reckoned with. Okay, we're going to play the Big Tens, and we're going to go in and beat them. And I think they put everybody on notice that we're not just one of those little small schools anymore. 
we played Georgia really well last year in the in the bowl game. We're coming into this season. We're going to have a good year, and people are going to take notice, and we're not a pushover. So, Arden, in Cincinnati gets one week off. Then they go to Notre Dame. If they beat Notre Dame, the rest of their schedule, Temple, UCF, no pushover. You can't just check UCF off, but you would think a, a top five – a team fighting for the playoffs should handle UCF. Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, SMU, East Carolina. Is Notre Dame their last hurdle to being there at the end going, hey, guys, we should be in the playoffs? Well, Notre Dame's definitely a big hurdle for them. If they go in to South Bend and beat Notre Dame, that's a huge win establishes them to help the playoffs. But like you said, I don't think it's their last hurdle. You can't just check off UCF. UCF's a good ball team. You just can't Tulane. check them off. Tulane played uh, Oklahoma great early in the year. Yeah. Uh, if they run the table, they're going to have some arguments to get in there. But I still think if they've got to have help because of a Big 12 team and a Pac-12 team, run the table, and you get – if you wind up with Georgia and Alabama playing both undefeated in Atlanta, and that's a close ball game, that one-loss team will get in over Cincinnati. All right. I think you're right. But now it's time to talk about where all of our hearts are near and dear. Let's head to the SEC and the ACC. We'll mention a couple of games real fast. I thought the ACC took a big blow with West Virginia beating Virginia Tech yesterday. The ACC seems to – every team they run up there seems to fall out. Also, in a – the people across the country that look and see 14-8, and eight, uh, Clemson and Georgia Tech, probably didn't see a lot of the game because – uh, the Aflac Duck was more suited for the weather they played in than, than football was played. Yeah. Is the ACC just dying off, guys? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, it's been Clemson, Clemson, Clemson for the last few years. Uh, to bring up what you did with, with Virginia Tech, I didn't have them really as a big contender anyway. I thought they would probably fall off and lose several games over the course of the year. Uh Yesterday being one, if you looked at the line, it kind of flip-flopped around. And uh, by the time game time rolled around, West Virginia was a one-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, so no surprise, I don't think that West Virginia actually won that game. And you're right, that was a swamp fest in Clemson. <laughs> it, it ended up 14-8. to eight. Uh, It was 7-3 for the longest. And uh, that, that's, that's the kind of game anybody could have won. I mean – well, and, and you look at it, Clemson now has played two of those games, one against Georgia, one against Georgia Tech. So I don't know if they have something against the state of Georgia in scoring points, but uh, I think the ACC is going to fall down again. You know, I don't think they're irrelevant, but, I mean, you look at teams that are supposed to do it. Once again, here's Miami, and Miami goes and gets beat, and 
their season, it, for all intents and purposes, is gone as far as the national title. Uh, you've got other teams in there. North Carolina drops their first game. You know, they were supposed to be a big contender. Now, they did bounce back well against Virginia yesterday, but for a long part of that game, they were behind. So I just don't know if any of the ACC teams, other than Clemson still, can really hang and, and play with some of the other teams of the country in the SEC and Big Ten. Yeah, I, I am remiss. I should have mentioned North Carolina did beat Virginia very badly, who was not a very good football team. Matter of fact, that was part of my parlay that I almost won. Um, we bring I, UCLA up again. <laughs> no, I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter. I, I, I'm stalling because I just clicked the long button and I've got all NFL lines now. So we uh, we don't want that. But I do remember the games I wanted to talk about. One of them I wanted to start with. Let's start in the SEC Big Ten matchup. Last night it was a really good football game. I enjoyed watching. Very good week two was a very good week to stay home and watch football. Tennessee playing Tennessee Tech. I gave my tickets away, stayed home. After Alabama, I mean, Florida, and then last night followed up by Auburn, Penn State. I thought Penn State was going to get kind of dominate that game, but in such Auburn fashion, they just hang around. And they're there at the end with a chance to win the football game. And then Penn State puts it away late. Is Auburn better than I thought they were? Yes, I think they are. I think they've got the right coaches in there. I think, But I don't think they're there yet. I think they're improving. I like their head coach. I like their offense coordinator. I got, they just seem to be fighting harder and playing more disciplined football than they did under – the last coach, Mal, well, Malzahn was the last coach. And the head he coach is UCF now. Yeah, but he never – he let them play very undisciplined. They always had a lot of penalties, stuff like that that hurt them under him. They seem to be playing better ball. We'll have to see, but they're better than I thought they were going to be this year. I, I thought they put on a good show in last night, and I do have a lot of – while I do, I'm not a fan of James Franklin. I am a fan of James Franklin. I don't like James Franklin. Maybe the person I do have a picture of him shooting me a bird one night in Knoxville. So <laughs> y'all like to see that sometime. I mean, it was a clear to me personally. But uh, Bill, what was your instant impression of that game? Uh, anytime you go to Penn State like that, especially with a whiteout. Uh, they seem to thrive on that. The fans do. I know I saw uh, Lee Corso brought up yesterday. He didn't think that was such a big deal, and the fans went crazy on him. He's had a lot of uh, feedback on Twitter and Facebook this morning. But as far as the game went, I was impressed with Auburn. Uh, they scored early. They held Penn State down early defensive-wise. Uh as you said, Penn State kind of put it away at the very end. But, you know, even toward the end, Bo Nix has a shot at the end zone to get in and tie the game with a two-point conversion. Yes. Uh, not not a bad showing at all by Auburn, I don't think. Penn State is a very, very good team. I said on here last week that I thought they were improving and they mo may be one of the more underrated teams in the rankings right now. I think that Penn State 
seriously has a shot, you know, to possibly get in, win the Big Ten. They're another one of those teams. Uh, as we saw again yesterday, Ohio State didn't look that great again yesterday, even though they won by three touchdowns. Uh, so the Big Ten, I think, is a little more open, and I think Penn State could be the team that kind of steps in there and, and takes that. Ole Miss handles business against Tulane, 61-21. Arkansas continues to handle business, 45-10. Uh, I think Texas A&M, uh, yeah, 34-0 over New Mexico. I watched a little of that game. I actually fell asleep. That game was so boring. <laughs> a former, former Kentucky quarterback started for New Mexico, and I know why he's a former Kentucky quarterback at this point. <laughs> Uh, Ole Miss to me looked the most impressive out of that group, but here we go. We got to talk about them. Number two, Georgia just really pulled the dogs off of South Carolina. It was 40 to three. I think when I finally flipped over there, final is 40, 13, but that was one of the games that you could have probably run up any number you wanted to run up and it could have been there, but Georgia just handled business. The only criticism of the dogs I have is I thought JT Wilson made some Daniels. bad throws, dangerous throws. JT Daniels made some bad throws up big. And I wasn't even sure why he was in the game, but uh, he played very, very good until it was they were up 30-something, and then he's still in the game throwing, and I don't know why. So JT, uh, JT is a – is – to me, one of the best quarter. JT has been what's been missing at Georgia the last few years. So, all right. I got to hear it from Dog Nation. Which one want to go first here for, for, for the, for the, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs? All right. I'll take this one. Uh, first of all, I did want to touch just a hair on one of those other games. Old Miss, you brought up, looked impressive against Tulane. You brought up Kenneth Walker from Michigan State earlier. I've got Matt Corral right now as my Heisman front runner. And it may not be on the greatest team, but they are 3-0 and right now. And his stats are going to be video game-like, I think, before the season's over. I, I didn't pick him to win the Heisman, but I did pick him to win in our preseason show, the SEC Player of the Year. Very I'm well really, Very well uh, And he's going he's gonna to get a couple of national games that he's going to be able to put them up. And unfortunately for the Vols, Tennessee and Ole Miss is going to be one of those national games because the story of Lane Kiffin returning, and he might throw for 500 yards in Knoxville. Well, another one of those national games is going to be Ole Miss and Alabama, and you can guarantee that's going to be a 230 game. And you're going to have Bryce Young and Matt Corral going together uh, against each other, and that could be a deciding factor in the Heisman right there. But let's get to the Georgia game. Uh, they jumped uh, early and often last night. Uh, overall, their defense is just so fast and so good. Uh, they gave up some big plays, a couple passes down the sidelines. Uh, as a Georgia fan, you're not happy to see that. But the, they came around. They bent, bend but don't break. So they didn't let them into the end zone, just allowing a few field goals. Uh, the, I thought the offense clicked pretty well last night. James Cook. Uh, looked as good as he has as a Georgia Bulldog last night, I thought. Uh, Zamir White also came in, did some of his things, you know, as another running back. They spread the ball around well. 
I'm with you. JT Daniels did have some errant passes late. Uh, yeah, but it was, I think the reason it, he was in there was because Stetson Bennett comes in in the first quarter and throws one pass five feet over somebody's head. And, you know, they're not going to let him back in for a while. So, but uh, I don't know that it was the number one performance, but they got the job done. It was when JT played bad, it was odd timing. I mean, it was like 99% of the time he'd be over there standing next to uh, the offensive coordinator. Arden, we had a little discussion, and I'm going to play devil's advocate after this. And I'm still going to stand by Florida's loss is better than Georgia's wins over Clemson, but we're going to go through that. But I did think Georgia looked awful good yesterday. Yeah, I think they looked good. They took care of business. Uh, like they got some mistakes you got to clear up. I mean, you can't make mistakes against better teams than that or you're in trouble. So, I mean, they handled business. Like I said, their speed on defense is still brought up. It's what amazes me how fast Georgia's defense is. I don't know, recall that I've ever seen one that fast, the whole defense. So one question I have for, for both of you before we leave this game behind. Does Will Munchchamp um, do it for you as a defensive coordinator? Well, he's not our defensive coordinator. He's uh, uh just Yeah, a, I don't get the is. He's just, just an assistant coach, coach yeah. Uh Will Muschamp knows a lot about the game. He's, he's, he's not dumb when it comes to the game. Yes, he's failed as a head coach, but he hasn't failed as a defense coordinator at schools. Uh, I, I like having his experience around and his knowledge to help out with stuff. Yeah, I think I think he's good just to have on the bench his knowledge of the game. I've never liked Will Muschamp as a head coach either, as Arden said. He has had some success as a coordinator. He's not either here. He's just more of an advisor type assistant coach. And it's good to have people like that, especially when you're playing some teams that he where he's been and, and knows the systems. Uh, of course, he's been at South Carolina. He's been at Florida. So I think I think it'll help out. And uh it was, you know, it was really really strange seeing him him in a Georgia it was really strange to me to it see is. him. It um, is, but he and he and Kirby Smart are, are two very, very good friends, and I think that's a, a lot to do with it. And Kirby doesn't mind relying on him for advice and things during the game. So I think I think it does help out with Muschamp there. All right, let's move on to the national game of the week. Number one, Alabama. Number eleven, Florida. I, early in the week, I called this a complete blowout. I criticized Dan Mullen for playing the wrong quarterback. I do think Anthony Richards is the next coming of a Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson type quarterback. But Emory Jones played well yesterday. Florida gets down 21-3. I think that to me is what kind of gets me buying into this Florida team. Down 21-3, I they played well the rest of the game. So, Phil, give me 
your thoughts of the quarterback situation. Of course, Richardson was hurt yesterday, couldn't play. Uh, give me your thoughts on Florida and the football game. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Anthony Richardson is, is a special talent. You just see what he does sometimes. Can break loose. He has moves. He has speed. He he has it all. He's the real deal. But with him being hurt yesterday, it was all thrown on Jones. And I was really, really impressed with the way Florida was able to just bite the bullet, come back in that game, because at the end of the first quarter, it looked like that game was over and it could be a 56 to 10 game. But give Florida credit. They Florida also, let's let's talk about their offense and backs for a minute and receivers. They're fast. They're yeah. very fast. And uh, I think they exploited some of what Bama has this year and maybe gave some other teams something to look at. Uh, they were splitting and finding holes in that Bama defense yesterday all day long and getting to the outside around some of them with some block, you know, bringing people around to block from the opposite side. So uh, what they did, I thought was very impressive. Now what Bama did also impressive. I think you have to just look at it. They weathered the storm. If you're going to be a number one team and do it as long as they have, they've had some of these games before. And uh, it seems like they just always figure out a way to win. And they held on yesterday. So I don't think you can't count Bama out by any means because of this. But I do think that uh, I think you give Florida a lot of credit for, for the win that or the loss that they had because it could have turned into a win very easily. But uh, adding to that, I, when they had the chance, I think that's a two-point conversion play. Someone should be uh, reprimanded for that call because it just was nowhere close. I thought you got to put somebody in space with, basically they run Jones up the middle and and and, uh, I, and um, then the other Jones tries to push on him. You got your quarterback pushing on your running back into the heart of the defense. And they're both know. the football. So, you know, it was like, okay, you're going to take it. I'm going to take it. We don't know who's going to take it. And it, I just didn't like the play call. So, Arden, against Alabama, Florida rushes 43 times for 250-plus yards. To me, that was the most impressive thing that they did yesterday was the fact that they took um, Alabama's they kind of took Alabama to task up front yesterday, and I didn't think anybody could do that. What do you think? And we're going to handicap it in a minute, so I'm not asking you to do it yet. Last thing. But uh, what do you think about the fact that they were able to run like that on Alabama? It was very impressive. And one thing I'll give Florida is running backs and even their quarterback – Either Bama wasn't tackling good or these guys just break tackles. Because, that I mean, Florida players weren't, weren't going down easy. They were spinning. They were coming out. I mean, there was a lot of missed tackles, but it, you might want to credit it to the guys running for Florida. You might say it's bad defense Alabama, but their whole line was very impressive. And to be able to run like that against Alabama, you did something. I agree. I agree. Now, another impression – I got out of the game, and then we'll go around and fill uh, this last uh, last section, and then you can take off on DFS. I think Alabama's run game is a little bit subject. I don't know that Robinson 
is the solution back there that the Derrick Henry's and the Najee Harris has been of the year. Now, whether Alabama gets into a game like that needs to be able to turn around and hand Brian Robinson the football 20 times and him just grind it out. Uh, I thought that was missing from Alabama yesterday. So we'll start now. A lot of football to play. Who do you all see in the SEC championship game? Has your opinion changed? And we'll start with Mr. Dye. Uh, no, my opinion has not changed. I think it's still going to be Alabama and Georgia. Uh, I think Alabama will have some bumps in the road, but I think that ultimately we'll probably get through those. Uh, Florida, now they impressed me yesterday. So that Florida-Georgia game uh, becomes huge now. Not that it wasn't already, but I think I think it's one of the bigger games of the year coming up now. Uh, but ultimately, I still say Alabama and uh, Georgia will play in the finals and possibly both go in as undefeated teams. However, I would like to give a shout out to Chattanooga today for giving Kentucky yeah. such a good game, too. That's one we skip. Yeah, I, I I thought about just making that a whole subject, but I, I was I was well, we could have talked that. an hour on that. <laughs> Arden. Same question, final thoughts. I have to agree with Phil. My opinion hasn't changed. Uh, I think it's Georgia-Bama. The Florida-Georgia game was big anyway, but like Phil said, now with the way they looked, if Florida continues to look like that before Georgia, that game's going to be a highlight game. It's going to be, can they run against that defense of Georgia? And I, I think Georgia gets it, and I think – Georgia and Bama, I, I think right now they might be the – I think they're the best two teams in the country right now. Well, I I picked I Georgia and Alabama to play, but I didn't have both of them in the playoffs, and I still won't put both of them in the playoffs. I think still the most likely scenario to get two teams in the playoffs from the SEC would be an undefeated team from the West – Lose it well, one lost team from the West losing to Alabama, and then either Alabama or Georgia. If Georgia beat Alabama, I think Alabama still gets in the playoffs if they both enter undefeated. If uh, Alabama somehow beats Georgia, then we're going to have a debate whether uh, if Texas A&M we play that game out, we play Alabama Georgia out. I still think somehow two teams get in, but I I have I dread. I dread next week. I put it that way. I'm glad I'm not going to Gainesville. So I have a new respect for uh, the Florida Gators and their ability to run the football. So they get up next, the Tennessee Volunteers at the Swamp. And I predicted earlier in the week that Anthony Richards would start that game. But I still think, well, if he's healthy, we'll see a big dose of Anthony Richards in that game. Mr. Dye, I'll hand it off to you now. And you can take us around the horn on DFS. And I'm gonna get my phone set on uh, DraftKings, which I'd have five hundred more dollars to play today if it wasn't for the UCLA Bruins. Uh, <laughs> let's not forget, you know, Fresno State did almost beat Oregon as well. So, and we're sitting here talking about how Oregon's much better than UCLA. So, no surprise to Fresno. But let's get into a little NFL today. Uh, I guess one of the games I think is one of the 
uh, bigger games of the week uh, just starting out. Uh, Buffalo, Miami. Buffalo loses last week. Miami wins. I don't think Buffalo can lose this game and uh, feel very good about what's upcoming in the season because if they do, Miami's going to have a two-game lead on them. Uh, Arden, take us around and tell us what you like in this game, what you don't like. Uh, how good do you think Josh Allen's going to be today? I think Josh Allen is going to be very good today. Uh, Josh Allen, there ain't many days Josh Allen's bad. <laughs> but I think he can have a very good day against the Miami defense. They do have a pretty good defense, but I, I like him and Steph Diggs today. I think they're very good plays. And uh, I don't like on the Miami side of the ball, I don't like their running game today. I think the Bills' defense – can shut it down. I mean, they pretty much shut down the Steelers running game last week, even though they lost. Najee Harris was not a huge factor and played 95% of the snaps. So, fantasy-wise, in this game, if Taylor Gabriel plays, I like him as a cheap play. I like Diggs, and I like Josh Allen. And I believe I will be staying away from everything on my side. And I don't blame you for uh, just taking those guys on Buffalo either because it looks like Buffalo's run game, we don't know what's going to happen there with Singletary and Moss and, and whoever it might breed. Uh, we, we've got all kinds of things going. Uh, Moss even setting out last week. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I do like possibly another little pick on a long shot with Jalen Waddle. We had him last week, as Geoff brought up. Uh, but overall, I do like Diggs and Allen for Buffalo. Randall, you got any thoughts on that? I, I like Allen for the ownership. Just looking at the popular stacks out there, the Buffalo stack is the four stack, guys. So, uh, I'm getting Josh, Josh Allen, I think, at a discount. I'm getting Josh Allen in a game where you can stack him. But the other stacks ahead of him makes the ownership not ridiculous. When I looked at it first of the week, I thought Josh Allen would be 20-plus percent. I don't think he's going to be over 15, maybe in the 10 range. So I really like Josh Allen. But if you play Josh Allen, you got to play Steph Diggs. Um Another sneaky place, maybe slide Dawson Knox in, who was hot, got a lot of targets. I think he had four targets in week one. Um, Zach Moss, while they haven't said anything, I 100% believe he didn't play for disciplinary reasons. And something to do with the ankle injury and not practicing a lot. And I, I think he's in the doghouse, so we'll see when he gets out. But I like Josh Allen, but if I'm playing him, I'm stacking him up either with, like, Gabriel Davis, uh, uh, Stephon Diggs, and Josh Allen. And uh, if I'm going to run it back, I will put Jalen Waddle in there. Gatskin's ownership is through the roof, though. So somebody likes him. Not me, but somebody likes him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not liking him much either. I do totally agree, though, with the Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs stack. I think it's a good deal this week, and I think they're going to throw up a lot of fantasy points. Let's move on to uh, the next game I've got on here. Cincinnati, Chicago. Not a lot of big names in this game, so to speak, uh, that you would think of in, in fantasy terms, especially this weekend. Uh, Joe Burrow could have a good game, possibly. 
Uh, looks like Andy Dalton, though, last week, it's it's almost just uh, we're waiting to see when Justin Fields is going to come in. Arden, what do you think about this game? Well, I agree with you. Jerry Burrow could have a good game. And, I mean, I don't know the price point right off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. But uh, Jamar Chase could have a big game again. Apparently, them two have a connection from back in college. And, I mean, first game, he had Jamar Chase had a real good game. Uh, yeah, you talk about Chicago. I don't mind uh, Allen Robinson play. The only thing that worries me is Andy Dalton. I mean, like you said, it's about time to just say, put Fields out there and see what he does. I mean, in one of my leagues, I watched a guy the other day picked up Latavius Murray and dropped Justin Fields. So I went out there and grabbed Justin Fields and put him on my bench in case it starts going off later in the year. But yeah, Rob, if Dalton can get in the ball, Robinson's probably your best. Well, Montgomery's a good play, too, for the Bears. David Montgomery. Randall, Please. what do you get on this game? One player, Jamar Chase. I, I, you know, I you can't you can't handicap every game, but some of the services that I use really like Jamar Chase. Now, I, the only thing that scares me about Jamar Chase is – he had five from 101 and a touchdown last week on seven targets. I'd like to see that target number up around nine or 10, but the price point is too good at 5,000. So Jamar Chase is it for me. For me, it's I'm going to skip everybody on this game, to be honest. Uh, I like Chase a little bit, as you said, but I just think to, right now Cincinnati's still looking for uh, who they want to get the ball. I think they got maybe a few too many receivers out there to get the ball to anybody 10, 12 times. So, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's move on and go down and check out the Denver-Jacksonville game. This is another game that I've got where I look at it. Not a lot of interest for me in this game, although both, both running backs for Denver seemed to show up last week with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Uh, I think you can also get Teddy Bridgewater at a dirt cheap price if you're just looking to to, to fill in there. Uh, but I'm not sure with Jerry Judy out, he's got anybody to throw the ball to other than maybe a Noah Fant. On Jacksonville's side, I'm really just – I wasn't impressed with anything last week. I don't think you can really take a chance on Trevor Lawrence yet as well. Uh, James Robinson had a tough week. He may bounce back a little, but – once again, I think I'm going to just lay off this game. Randall, how you see it going? The, um, uh, the I've avoided it. Uh, I really, the, um, the only thing about this game, I thought, I wondered how many weeks I was going to get by playing Trevor Lawrence before the pricing caught up to him. And the answer is two. Um, Trevor Lawrence is a real deal, but at $6,000, I have options I like better. The Teddy Bridgewater at 5,400 is interesting, but I got a cheaper play later on. I'm going to throw at you. So I'm not going to touch this game, even though I think you are right. I think both Denver running backs are a real deal. Jordan? Well, I agree with what Phil said. I mean, the two running backs, if the price is right and you can fit them into a lineup, taking either one of them from Denver is good. Uh, James Robinson, I, I will not be touching Jacksonville's side of the ball until 
Urban Meyer figures his stuff out down there. I mean, I still haven't figured out why Carlos Hyde got more carries than James Robinson last week. But uh, good point. I think I think Denver's defense could be a sneaky play when it goes to defense. But other than that, that would be probably one of the running backs in the defense. That'd be all I'd touch in this game. All right. Well, let's go into a divisional, uh, well, an AFC game, not division, but uh, I think this one's a little interesting, especially with Houston going and winning last week, uh, Cleveland losing one, a tough one to Kansas City at the end last week. Uh, I think the roles may be flip-flop this week. Cleveland comes in as a big favorite. Uh, Baker Mayfield, no touchdowns last week in the air. However, you know, he can he can do a lot of things. But that those running backs in Cleveland with Chubb and Hunt, I'm not so sure you can't look at both of those this week as, as viable options, especially with an Odell Beckham out. And I think that opens maybe up for Landry or Schwartz to have a bigger day on the receiving end as well. Houston, Mark Ingram, uh, very much of a surprise last week. Had a big game. And as we had said, I think Brandon Cooks is their receiver uh, go-to guy. And he, he seemed to, you know, live up to it last week. I'm not – I don't have his stats in front of me, but I know he had a big game as well. Arden, what do you see happening in this game? Well, I think, you know, Cooks, that, Cooks and Ingram had big games last week going against a defense that's not there. I think they're playing a much better defense this week. I don't – think I will be taking anybody from the Texans. I lo- like you said, I love uh, Nick Cubb, Kareem Hunt. I think Cleveland just runs the ball, runs the ball, eight o'clock up. I mean, I think this is a blowout. And the only receiver I really would take from uh, the Browns would be uh, Landry. And if you wanted to reach as a as flyer at a tight end, uh, David Najoku would be a good take. All right, just a minute ago, I told you all to uh, play a wide receiver that had seven targets, and I told you I didn't like it. I'm going to tell you to play a wide receiver with one target last week. I think the play, if you're stretched for money and need that bottom end player, I think the play is Donovan Peoples-Jones this week. He got one target, but he was on the field for 57 routes. I think the Browns want to make the second-year receiver part of the offense, and I think they'll scheme to at least get him five to six targets at flat men, $3,000. So if you're going to play one person from the game, Donovan Peoples-Jones. All right. You heard it right here first. Randall coming in with the low-end pick of the week. All right. Let's move on to this next game. Uh, this one could be uh, possibly just a shootout from what I can see. Uh, Rams uh, and Indy, uh, I think this has a lot of intrigue on it. Uh, the Rams, we pretty much knew what they had going in. Last week, we also saw a guy jump up in Van, in, uh, Van Jefferson, and I think he's a good low-end pick this week as well. But they've got Cooper Cup and Robert Jones, Matt Stafford throwing the ball to them. Uh, I hear Sonny Michelle should play a little more this week. He's going to be a very low uh, get on the fantasy weight or fantasy wire, you go over to Indianapolis, you got Carson Wentz. I'm still not sold on Carson Wentz and I'm not going to pay anything for him. 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is an excellent pick every week. He's turned into such a great player. Uh, but if you look at Indianapolis, too, they spread the ball around pretty well last week. And uh, with Zach Pascal, I think, getting some touches that nobody saw. And uh, another running back that I really like, uh, Naheem Hines. He's coming out of the backfield catching balls, getting some carries as well uh, in in his substitution and third down play for uh, Taylor. So Hines, I think, is a good guy to look for in this game. Uh, I think you can't really go wrong with anybody as far as uh, receivers on the Rams this week either. It's just a matter of what type of money you have and what you're looking for. Randall, what do you think about this one? I love this game, but I don't know what to do. And here's what I don't know what to do. Four Indianapolis receivers on the IR. The two best receivers are two of the three players, Pascal and Pittman coming into the game questionable. I love, love stacking Stafford with either of his targets. Uh, I like Higby a lot at tight end. I like Cup. I like, I like everything there. If you can tell me how the coach score, that would make me like the game better. <laughs> I was, I think the Colts will score, but I don't know who the Colt is to run it back with. If you're going to play a big Ram staff, the only way you win a bunch of money is figure out which Colt wide receiver along with Jonathan Taylor to play or play Jonathan Taylor alone. If I was going to throw money at one of the Colt receivers, think it's Zach Pascal, but I'm I'm not a confident. He did turn into looking like, uh, you know, the favorite for Carson Wentz last week. Uh, but Michael Pittman is always going to be there. I think he's the more talented of the two. He but, is, in my opinion. But just not sure that's who Wentz is going to go to. Like I said, I really like Naheem Hines, and I think he's going to come out of that backfield and have a big day today. Arden, what do you see in this game? I think that for them to score and anything, I think Hines has got to do something. Uh, the Rams' defense is just so good. I mean, you're talking receivers. Their top two cornerbacks can cover any receiver in the league, the Rams. I just – this game scares me. I think it could wind up a blowout in favor of the Rams, which hurts, but, I mean – I just don't know. I look at the Rams game last week against the Bears. I don't, I'm not big on Carson Wentz, so that did what I think he's about the same type of quarterback, maybe a little bit better than Andy Dalton. And Robinson's a better receiver, and they pretty much shut them down last week. Jonathan Taylor and Hines are my big plays for the Colts and the Rams. You just I like Higby, I like Woods, Cup, Stafford. And if it's cheap, I think Sonny Michelle's taking more playing time. So basically, you just like anybody on the Rams right now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like your thought process. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Here's another game, uh, I think, in very intriguing. A team last week that pulled off what I think may be the big upset of the week uh, in Pittsburgh, beating Buffalo. And uh, they're going to be hosting Oakland, and Oakland played a, I thought, a really, really good game. Now, they're going to have Josh Jacobs out today. Uh, I heard he's not going to be able to play. And I think that opens up a spot to, to possibly put Kenyon Drake in there. 
and, and get you a fairly inexpensive, good running back for this game. Arden, what do you think about that? I love Kenyon Drake this week. Good call there, Phil. I mean, he, he catches the ball so good out of the backfield. Even if they get down, they can throw the ball to him without Josh Jacobs. I think he's a great play. Uh, Pittsburgh, I just don't know what I want from Pittsburgh. I don't I don't trust them throwing the ball. So my only play from Pittsburgh might be uh, Najee Harris, a running back, thinking he can get some running room against uh, the Raiders. But other than them two players, I'm not very big on this game. Randall, how do you see this one going? The most on running back in the nation will be Najee Harris. Uh, so he he's cheap. Well, not cheap, 6,300. But uh, I like Najee Harris running back with the Steelers defense. I also like Kenyon Drake. But I really like the Steelers big in this game. Vegas off a short week. I, I can't believe I actually said Vegas. Vegas off a short week, emotional win, open so far. I like the Steelers big, big, big. I tend to agree with you on this game. I actually think that they may get some passing in this game. Uh, not sure if anybody's going to get enough to uh, quantify being a fantasy stud this week, but I think they're going to get it around. I think you can see – plays from Claypool, Johnson, even maybe Eric Ebron getting in the game and getting some some touches this week. Uh, oh. But I, I'm with you guys. I love the running backs in that game. I won't show you which it is, but we all know I play some big dollar lineups. You can see there, Kenyon Drake, Najee Harris, both in that huge lineup. And if you look at the bottom, Steelers defense. So, I believe enough in that run game in this game that that's my largest entry for the week, and it's 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 built around that game a little bit. Money where his mouth is, guys. You hear it right here with Randall. Take Kenyon Drake, Najee Harris, and that Steelers defense in this game. Let's move on to uh, New York. Well, New Jersey, I guess we should say. Uh, the Jets, which I don't know if you can say they looked impressive last week. Uh, against the New England team, which I don't think you can say they looked impressive last week. But here we are. They're going to play each other. Mac Jones' second game uh, against Zach Wilson in his second game. you got two rookie quarterbacks going at it this week. Uh, not sure how much fantasy points you're going to see thrown up there. I think it's going to be more of a, of a run-style game, and I think this may be a very low-scoring game today. Randall? So when I said I had a rookie, I had a cheaper quarterback, he comes from this game and it's Mac Jones. Uh, I think Mac Jones is a, a real deal. Um, I, I like two things, and it's crazy I'm going to say I like these two things from this game. I like Mac Jones at $5,400. If you're going to go down to the Tyrod Laylor, Teddy Bridgewater level, I like Mac Jones as the cheap quarterback. I also like the Jets' defense in this at $2,200 because it is a rookie quarterback. So the <laughs> fact that I like a cheap quarterback, but I like the defense, you could see a stat line by Matt Jones, 275, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. 
this was going to be my Trevor Lawrence. How I'm going to make money off of Trevor Lawrence all year, but he's done pro- jumped up. So now I'm dropping down until Matt Jones levels out at a six thousand dollar quarterback. All right, Arden, what do you think about this game? Uh, I like Matt Jones. I'm big on him in this game, and I'm big. I think he Nelson Aguilar has a big game for the Patriots. Well, and uh, I like. I got a I got a Patriots stack I'm looking at going with a taking a Mac Jones Aguilar and Damian Harris. So you're thinking of stacking the the New England Patriots here? Yep. You trying to win a contest? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, personally, I'm not crazy about anything in this game. I don't mind a little play on Damian Harris just because I think you know you get him cheap and you. You can get 10 or 12, and if he throws another touchdown in there, he might get you up around that 20-point mark. One guy, too, on New England uh, had, I think, eight targets last week. Johnny Smith seems to have come into favor with Mac Jones as well on those little dump-off tight end passes, so possibly a look at him. I think this may be our last one o'clock game, or maybe we do have two more. I'm not sure. New Orleans and uh, Carolina coming up. Is it New Orleans and Carolina? Yes, it is. Uh, New Orleans just looked so impressive last week uh, against Green Bay, uh, just rolling to a route against them. I thought Carolina looked good. We, We all talked about Sam Darnold last week, and I thought he came through fairly well. Uh, obviously, you got Christian McCaffrey in this game. Uh, you've got Alvin Kamara in this game. You've got uh, Winston, Darnold. There, there's a lot to choose from in this game. I think you can even look down uh, lower end, tight end. We saw Jawan Johnson from the New Orleans Saints uh, become a you know somewhat favorite of Winston this week. Uh, I'm not sure who who I like to take in this one just because uh, it's so iffy. But there is a lot of upside in this game, I think. Arden, how would you see this playing out? Oh, I love both running backs, starting running backs. They both catch the ball out of the backfield good. I mean, earlier we were talking before we come on the show and Randall was even saying that. I mean, the running backs in this game, I don't know that I want either quarterback action but I don't mind a Marquez Callaway play. You know, I know he didn't have a good game week one, but I think he can come in. I think he's their best receiver right now, in my opinion. All right, Randall, how do you see this game playing out? Well, the most important thing, my daughter's been in church camp all weekend. She was here at the house. Uh, uh, and I got an 11-year-old hug, so that feels uh, really good. I saw this that. This is the kind of game I lose money on, boys, and I'm going to tell you why. This game is just calling me. It's like luring me in going, hey, look away from that other game that's got a big total. Look away from me. Look away. I love – I'm going to go through the pieces I love in each side of this game. I love Jameis Winston. If you're going to play Jameis Winston, stack him up with Kamara and either Adam Troutman or Marquez Callaway. I do not buy Jawan Johnson is a real thing yet. He Two touchdowns on three targets. I think Troutman is the starting tight end. 
Uh, I love Alvin Kamara. I've created a couple of lineups that have Kamara and McCaffrey in it and just tried to get a piece of this game. So when I didn't stack this game, I got a piece of it. Over on the Panthers' side, I do think you can play Sam Darnold. Um, it's not my preferred way to go, and I won't be playing him. But there's touchdowns to be had out there somewhere. My favorite play, though, is simply the surest play in fantasy football. Even at $9,900, that the break point with me and Christian McCafferty is five figures. As long as he's under five figures, I'm going to hit enter. <laughs> so I like this game, guys. I just don't feel like it's the stack game, you know? Right. Agreed. I get you. And, and you're right. Christian McCaffrey almost just automatic, especially it's under almost the Almost like a free square in bingo. Just click on him. Gotcha. All right, let's move on. This is the last one o'clock game. Uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. Uh, I find this very intriguing. San Fran's going to have to come across the across the country to play on the East Coast time. Uh, they looked good early the other day, but they let the Lions come back in that game. Uh, Philadelphia just comes out on all cylinders, uh, dominates the Atlanta Falcons. I see some game, some people in here who had games, and I don't know if you go with one game as to how they're going to go. I know a lot of people this week in the in the leagues have picked up Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, from Philadelphia. I'm, I'm not sure that he's the guy yet. Miles Sanders still the guy, uh, but very going to get him awfully cheap. Uh, Jalen Hurts looked really good, and I think that he can look good in this game as well, but I've always been sold on San Francisco's defense. I try not to go against them. Uh, not sure that I want to go with San Francisco either because I'm not sure tr uh, Trey Sermon's out of the doghouse yet. If he is out of the doghouse, I think they split those carries. If not, I think Elijah Mitchell could have another big game and it just as a breakout player, and you're going to get him at a good cost. Randall, start us out on this game. Let us know what you think. When I said earlier I like too many games, this is another one. The one thing the 49ers don't guard well are running quarterbacks and tight ends. So I'm thinking uh, the only problem with the Eagles and tight ends is I believe they have two legitimate tight end threats in Ertz and Goddard. Geoff knows in our league this year, uh, or not, Arden was at the draft, sorry. Arden knows in our league this year, I drafted both Ertz and Goddard, and people thought it was crazy, but I, I, I feel like it's almost handcuffing my starting running back because they're going to go, they're going to go with, to the tight end. I love Hertz. I think Elijah Mitchell I'm not ready to crown him yet, but I know coming out of Louisiana, he was he was one of the guys that when they drafted Sermon and Mitchell both, I thought Mitchell's the better running back, and I felt that way on draft day. Uh, I'll probably have some pieces. I'll probably have a couple of lineups with Mitchell in it at 5K. Uh, I've thought about, and I do have a couple of lineups that I went cheap at running back with Mitchell and Drake and try to load up at wide receiver. But as far as stacking the game, I have not stacked it. I have played Zach Ertz, and I've played Jalen Hurts naked, no other stack. And I've played Mitchell. Can't afford George Kittle this week. Arden? 
Well, I have to agree. I think Mitchell's the guy this week. I think he's – I'm not going to have him in every contest, but I'm going to have him in some contests at $5,000. Uh, I haven't built all my lineups. I love to try and get Kittle in lineups. If you can afford to get him in there, Kittle's always a viable play. Uh, Hurts, why he, he can run with his legs and stuff, he's a good play. Uh like everything Randall said, I mean, I, I agree with what Randall said there. You've got uh, two good tight ends that are playable for the Eagles. I don't know that I'm sold on jumping on any receiver for the Eagles this week. I, I see you using pieces of this game, but I'm not going to stack it. I tend to agree with you. Another thing, Brendan Ayuk with zero points last week for San Francisco and, uh, they, they leaned on Debo Samuel heavily. I think they could go back to Samuel again this week. So if you can get him at the right price, I think he could be a viable play for you. Let's move on to the late games. And this is where I think uh, we're going to start to see a lot of points scored after 3, 4 o'clock today. Uh, the first game I want to talk about, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. I think this could just be a game where a ton of points are scored. Uh, Tom Brady has looked good, you know, in his first game. And he's got so many weapons out there with Godwin, Evans, Brown, Gronkowski. I mean, you just name them over and over and over. I think getting Tom Brady at the right price today, I think Tom Brady is the play of the day at quarterback. Uh, Atlanta, on their side, Calvin Ridley had a little down week last week. I think Ryan figures a way to get him the ball this week, as well as Russell Gage. They're going to be behind. They're going to have to pass. And I think I think either one of those could be a viable receiver as well. But I love Tom Brady today. Ard, what do you think? I think uh, you're right. Tom Brady should have a field day today. And I think Atlanta bounces back and has a better week. I like – uh, I like. I think I like Kyle Pitts today. I think he has a good game. They line him up in the slot a lot, and that seems to be where Tampa Bay has most trouble covering anybody's in the slot. If you look at the game last week against the Cowboys, Mark Cooper was in the slot a lot, and I mean he just killed him. You know who? It, and that's if they line Pitts up in the slot, and if his price point's right. And Godwin, I'm big on Godwin today. He's always he's always killed Atlanta when he's fighting. Randall, how do you see this game going down? All right, so first of all, i got to say, my pick of the week on your Bet Your Nuts on 3 hours Sport was the Falcons plus 14 points. And they told me if I'm still betting on the Falcons in 2020, I have mental issues. So I'm going to accept that is true. But – I don't particularly like the Falcons. Here's a crazy strategy. And I, I have a math degree from the University of Tennessee. And I'm very proud of that fact. And this, that math degree, if you figure out the percentages of the people that have won contests, would tell you what I'm about to tell you to do has a very, very small chance of hitting. But I'm going to tell you about the small chance. Play Tom Brady and hope he splits the receivers and Evans, Godwin, and Brown all get a piece. So you play Tom Brady, no run back, 
maybe throw Calvin Ridley in the lineup and play, play a throwing quarterback naked without a receiver. I did it. It's probably got less than a one chance, 1% chance of working, but you can only do that where you've got a team that's got Rob Gronkowski's a real deal. Antonio Bryant's a real deal. Mike Evans is a real deal. Chris Godwin's a real deal. Gio Bernard's a real deal. Who do you, who is he going to throw the ball to? So I just, I know the one player that's guaranteed to score is Tom Brady. That sounds like an echo of me earlier because I wasn't sure which running back or which wide receiver to go with in this game. I just think Brady is going to have one whale of a game here. And and Tom Brady, my pick of the week. Let's move on. Let's talk about Arizona and Minnesota. This one's very intriguing too. Many people got Kyler Murray this week. And uh, after the week he had just lighting up the Titans, can't really blame him. He spread the ball around pretty well last week, too, with DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, which was a good call by Arden last week. Got him very cheap. Uh, Dalvin Cook, always just a one-man show in Minnesota. He's going to get his. uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, two outstanding receivers there. Kirk Cousins getting the ball, but I just don't trust Kirk Cousins as much as I do some of these other guys. I think that Kyler Murray could be a great play today as well, but it just depends on what type of money you're looking at as far as getting. Randall, how you see this one? I love this game. I love this game. I've got um, – I said it twice. I'll say it again. I love this game. I like Thielen at the $400 discount over Jefferson, but you can play Jefferson. If you saw me scrolling through my big lineup, it did have Jefferson in it, but I had the money. To put Jefferson in, uh, uh, I'm a little concerned about who I play with Murray. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is kind of a no-brainer, just plug and play. But I'd like to play that second piece with Murray, and I'm not sure who it is. Um, I I think Kirk is a real deal, but uh, A.J. Green at $3,700 is just – it's like looking at the – pretty girl across the room and wanting to go. I love this game. Love. Arden, how do you see this one going? Uh, I, I love Thielen. Good play there. Uh, the only thing that I guess worries me on Minnesota's side of the ball is is Arizona's defense as good as it looked last week? I mean, Tannehill running for his life or is Titans offensive line that bad? I'm not feeling a bit about the only piece I'm going to take out of that. Him or Jefferson out of Minnesota. I like Murray, D-Hop, and I like Chase Edmonds to have a big game. That running back. All right. Well, another another one, too, that I think you can throw in there with, with Arizona, and he just looks electric at times, and they're going to start getting him in the offense. That's Rondell Moore. And I think yeah. that he can really have a have a breakout game here as well. And he might be that other piece you're looking for to put in other than an A.J. Green. Uh, but you're right, A.J., he's just that sexy pick when he's that cheap. Yeah. You just want to play him. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We just got a couple games left here, guys, uh, before we're going to get out of here. Uh, next game, Dallas and San Diego. 
this game, uh, to me, they're not going to have many fans. They're in San Diego, and probably half of those are going to be Cowboys fans. I think it's going to be tough for uh, San Diego to get to win this game, to be honest. And I, for that reason, I like Herbert and I like Eckler today. Uh, I think Eckler could have a big game coming out. They're going to try to establish a little run early, but I think they're going to have to go to the pass. And there's nobody else in the league any better than coming out of the backfield, catching the ball than Austin Eckler. On the other side, Dallas, we saw they can throw up points. I think this is another game you can probably stack up. Uh, you've got Dak. You've got Cooper. You've got C.D. Lamb. You've got either Dalton Schultz or Jarwin. Uh, Zeke Elliott's due to have a breakout game because he was a little lackluster in the first one. Uh, this game could could see a lot of points scored. I think that, uh, I don't know, it wouldn't surprise me to see 60 or more in this game. Uh, Arden, how do you feel about this? And do you think this is a game that's going to be high scoring or or am I completely wrong on that? Uh, to correct you on one thing, they're not San Diego, they're Los Angeles nowadays, Phil. Thank you. I am so sorry. I, I say that all the time. It's it's same, I do. Way, with, same way with the Raiders. I can't say Vegas yet. Uh, yeah, I think this game's a shootout. I mean, Amari Cooper is a very good play. Dak, C.D. Lamb, uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's a very good play for the Chargers. Eckler, Herbert, I mean – Dallas lost some players to injury and lost their best, one of their best defensive players during the week, broke his foot, Lawrence. Uh, yeah, this game could easily be – it wouldn't surprise me if this game got 40-something to 30-something was final score, 70-something points. Randall, do you see it going that high? Not that high, but – I think it may be a little more one-sided. Uh, I, I like the Cowboys to actually blow the Chargers out here. Um, but I do like – what I like is the Cowboys got their receiver cord narrowed by one for, you know, nothing against Michael Gallup as a person. But now I'm just down to C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. So where I was guessing at 33%, now I'm guessing at 50%. Uh, I do like to call him Zeke. He'll break out someday. Dak Prescott every week is playable. I like Allen, but don't know who the second is. Uh, is Allen the second and Mike Williams is the number one, or is Mike Williams the number one and Allen's the second? I don't know yet. Allen uh, is the one. Uh, I think it's a big number. I think it's maybe something like 38-24 or 38-17. I like the Cowboys to win, but, um, yeah, this – uh, uh, one of the services I've subscribed to called this the million dollar game. You get this one right, you've probably won a million dollars. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think this is the game that that's going to light the scoreboard up. And there's going to, if you pick the right players in this one, you could really do well. And I also agree with Gallup out. That stack is a lot easier with Prescott Cooper and CD Lamb. All right, let's move on to our last late game of the day, uh, and it's it's the home game. Well, it's not a home game. It's an away game for the Tennessee Titans, which uh, they are our home state team here. But, boy, they looked bad last week. They just looked bad. 
and going to Seattle is not exactly conducive of having a great game coming up. Uh, Russell Wilson, I said last week, if you want the steadiest player in the NFL, I think it's Russell Wilson week in, week out. He goes out, he gets his four touchdown passes, two to Lockett, two to Metcalf. Carson had a decent game, but boy, the Titans, it just didn't seem like they could get it going last week against the Cardinals. Not sure they're going to do a whole lot better this week with that rabid crowd in Seattle. Uh, Henry's going to have to get off the snide, had a, had a bad game rushing the ball, and that offensive line is going to have to figure out how to get Seattle's defensive line away. I just don't see it happening. I think Seattle's going to win this game pretty easily, and I think also that Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett may be your place for Seattle this week. Randall, talk to me about this one. Let me know what you think. I think the Titans will get healthy at some point, um, and it's not healthy as far as 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 need or injury, but the Titans are figuring out how to drive their new pieces to the Cadillac and Julio Jones, Adam Frisker. I think Frisker's even injury, injured right now. I think what the Titans forgot to do is t- turn around and hand the football to that 6'3", 255-pound running back enough last week. I look for Derrick Henry to eat at Seattle today. Uh, also, I agree with your assessment. Russell Wilson is the most consistent player in the NFL. Um, not enough people put Russell Wilson in that category of of Patrick Mahomes and the Aaron Rodgers, but he absolutely deserves to be there. Uh, again, a sneaky game, but I think a big total. And I think the Titans play well at Seattle today. Arden, what do you see going with this game? Well, uh, I think not only way that the Titans have to get going today, they don't have to win the game, but they need to get Henry running the ball. They they do their best work when they're going off play action passes and stuff. Uh, I think Henry has a good game today. I do. Uh, I like DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson. You know, TJ Lockett can play him. Uh, I don't think Chris Carson's a bad play today. You're right. Not, I mean, he's out. He's the guy. The other, their backup went out hurt again, so he's the guy. I mean, Chris Carson's a very good play. He's going to get the majority of the snaps, and the volume equals produ- equals production. Quantity equals quality. A lot of times. All right. That's what I said about Dayton. <laughs> All right, let's. There, there's only two more games this week. We've got just a little bit of time left. Let's touch these real quick. Uh, Sunday night's game, uh, I think, will be a great game. It always is. Lamar Jackson has never beaten the Mahomes and the Chiefs. I don't think he's going to this time either. They're just too beat up. The Chiefs are going to start clicking a little bit this week, I believe. Uh, but one play I like in this game. Uh, I do like Latavius Murray to step up for the Ravens this week and and take more of those handoffs, and, and I think he may get one or two touchdowns in there this week as they're running back. Tyson Williams had a great game last week, but I think Murray is just more of the bruiser, and he's had a week to get acclimated to the offense. Arden, what do you see? Well, I like Murray. That's about uh, – I like him as a play for – and uh, – 
play, play for the Ravens. Uh, you know, you're doing a showdown lineup on this unless you're doing the lineups that include every game. Uh, I like Tyreek Hill. The way that the Raiders were able to throw the ball around, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey got to be in the lineup. The Ravens are beat up bad. Their defense isn't what it normally is. And they're going to have to score points to stay in this game. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I said I don't really like a lot of Baltimore. Uh, I think if you're going to do the showdown lineup, you're going to just load it up on Kansas City's side. Randall, what do you see? Man, this is my favorite contest of the week. Of the money I've won over the years, 80% of it's probably I, – I literally mean 80% of it's probably come from Sunday night football. Uh, I'm going to give myself an incomplete because I'm not sure yet. And, I, and this is a game that I will spend the rest of the day uh, studying. I do think you have to get some Raven pieces. Uh, I do like Lat Murray. I picked him up in a couple of leagues. I think he ends up being the, the lead running back there for at least a period of time. I like Mark Andrews. Uh, kind of quiet in week one. And on the Kansas City side, you just got to guess right. Uh, last week, I kind of felt like it was a Kelsey week. So I probably think it's a Hill week. Um, also, I could load up on Kansas City and play, you know, Hill, Kelsey, and hope Mahomes distributes the ball. And then play Lamar Jackson and think, hey, Lamar Jackson's going to you can almost play Lamar Jackson and get 90% of the Baltimore points. The only points you don't get is the running back score. So Lamar Jackson and these kind of slates are super valued just because the football goes through his hands on almost every play or yeah. every play, but he ends up, they just don't run the, he runs the ball 10 times, throws it 30 I just love Lamar Jackson on these single-game slates. I got you. Uh, and not a bad call on that at all. And, yes, you do have to get some of the Baltimore team. But looking at it right now, I'm just not sure who that is. And uh, good luck to you the rest of the day trying to figure that out. We got uh, one yeah. more game. One more game we need to touch on. It'll be a showdown on Monday night. Um we're looking at Detroit and Green Bay. I th I've got to feel like Green Bay bounces back this week. Uh, they looked just horrid last week. Aaron Rodgers, just a shell of himself. Uh, Devontae Adams got 10 points, but no scores. Obviously, no one scored on that team. Detroit, however, they did look good coming back against San Francisco. They got down early, but Jared Goff, big game. Jamal Williams, big game. Jamal Williams will be going and playing his old team as well right now, so maybe a little incentive. And uh, Hawkinson looked really good at the tight end spot last week. A uh, couple other people, I thought Ty Williams might have a big game. He did not, so I don't see anything really coming from their wideouts. But uh, Hawkinson, Swift, Williams, I think they all look pretty good. Randall, start us off on this one. I love this game. Uh, as bad as as good as I am on Sunday night football is as bad as I am on Monday night football. And I can't tell you what the difference is other than I'm at work on Monday and don't spend my whole day looking at stat books. Um, I like Detroit's offense. 
you heard that speakeasy 330 guys out there. Uh, another show here on River City Media. I like Detroit's offense. I think this could be a big number. I think it's figuring out the pieces. I like Hawkinson and Williams from and Swift from the Detroit side. I like Adams. I like Jones. But I tell you who I like best, Aaron Rodgers and Jarrett Goff. And if you can shove them both in a lineup, I think that might be your recipe. Arden, how do you see this one going out? Well, I agree. I like uh, Swift and Williams. Uh, and now the, the receiver, Williams, for the Lions, he's out of this game, so he won't be playing. So makes me really like T.J. Hawkinson. And I think golf, you can need golf in the lineup. You go to Green Bay side of the ball, one name stands out to me more than Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is going to go off Monday night. He is going to have a huge game. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Randall's, Randall's showing us a lineup again. I'm huge on Devontae Adams this week. Very first guy already in my lineup. Is he is he looking like a captain there, Randall? Yes, he's a captain with a run back of Jarrett Goff right now. Yeah. And um, I've kind of skipped on Aaron Rodgers at this point. Might be able to get them all, but I'm just telling you, I think Devontae Adams could put up 40-something fantasy points this week. And DeAndre Swift's Swift a little banged up. If he misses, Jamal Williams becomes a super value. Yes, yeah. he does. And I think Williams is going to be a, a huge play in that game anyway. With Swift out, it even makes him more valuable. Yep. All right, that kind of runs it down through all the, the NFL games this week. Uh, I'm going to shoot it back over to Randall. I know he's got some things to talk about here that uh, may be coming up, and that we just want you guys to know. We appreciate you listening in to us. So let's give it back to Randall here, and we'll wind this thing up. We either got to cut 30 minutes of show or start 30 minutes earlier so I can make church. So I'm not a sinner. Well, I, I'm headed that way myself, brother. So let's get out of here. <laughs> so uh, River City Media, Victory Formation, of course, 10 o'clock Eastern time. One of the favorite shows, the things we do on here. Uh, uh, Tuesday night, the follow-up to the weekend, Off the Record with Randall. Crazy stuff. Uh, I haven't formatted it this week, but I think you may see a special guest this week on Off the Record with Randall. Uh, 3R Sports with Raj Mehta and Robbie Davis. Two attorneys and myself trying to only talk one hour. That's almost impossible. <laughs> Thursday night, Brandon Chain is new on the scenes with Stretch the Chain with Brandon Chain. Special guest every week. i got to get you guys on there. We're just... Kind of, we don't have a set cast. We kind of change it every week, trying to make it all shows to come on. And yesterday I released a 30-minute video of the smartest 10-year-old anybody ever knows. I wish he liked football better because I feel like he could be like one of those guys that sits in his room and figures out who wins the million dollars every week. But he is a baseball guy. My buddy Ray Ray is up and running on the network now. Greatest kid you'll ever meet. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, G off back next week. Philip Dye, Arden Scruggins, myself. You guys got any last words? No. Thank everybody for joining us and watching. Yeah, we, re we really appreciate the opportunity to do this. 
Uh, I think we're only going to get more involved in this and get a little better. And hopefully you guys will stick it out with us and, and, and we can come through for you, man. I'm having a blast. I'm going to tell you all something. I just enjoy, I just realized how much I enjoyed being a panelist on that DFS stuff. So you may not get rid of me there because I really enjoyed that part. Well, you're doing a fine job too. So if you want me to run through those games, I'll let you analyze any day you want. I really, I, I, when I started this network, the plan was for me to do a DFS show. That's what I started everything for, but I don't have time to do that. So I enjoyed getting on there, and I am a believer. Unfortunately, I'm going to apologize to Pastor Ron Phillips. I will be in the back of Central Baptist Church or Abba's house now, setting lineups for the next hour on my phone, but I will be there. Love y'all, and I'll talk to you later. We'll Take see care, you guys. Take care.